evidence and answers. The latest craze among moviegoers is the superhero movie Wonder Woman. Why are people so attracted to the superheroes? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Each week, Pat and his friends provide great biblical teaching, from interviews discussing different cults such as Buddhism or Mormonism, as well as popular or current events. Today on Evidence and Answers, Pat is sharing a critique on the latest popular film to come out of Hollywood, Wonder Woman. In a message entitled, Why We Love Wonder Woman, Pat will explore the similarities of the superheroes of the Bible and of the Marvel comics. For more critiques of Hollywood films, head on over to our website, evidenceandanswers.org. If you're unable to hear any of this broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, here's our host, Pat Zukren. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers to the challenges of the day. Wonder Woman is most anticipated film of the summer of 2017, beating out such titles such as Spider-Man and the latest Pirates of the Caribbean. In fact, not only is it the hottest selling movie of the summer, it's also one of the most talked about movies on social media. Wonder Woman, in its first week, brought in over $100 million in revenue. Now, the film takes place during World War I, takes us back to the beginning of Diana, or Wonder Woman. It takes us back to the beginning of her story, showing her growing up on the island of Themyscira, an all-female paradise that's home to the Amazonians, hidden from the rest of the world by the Greek god Zeus. So here she grows up, on an island paradise, surrounded by women, and this island is cloaked and hidden from the rest of the world, and she is sheltered then from what is going on in the real world. Suddenly one day, an American pilot, Steve Trevor, crashes there and by mistake discovers the island, and he is pursued by the German foes, the German Nazi army, and there Diana receives her first exposure to the rest of the world and mankind. American pilot Steve Trevor explains the situation in that the Americans are fighting a great war against the evil Nazi empire and the devastation that has come upon the world, and he convinces Diana that he needs her help and convinces her to leave this island paradise and help the Allies against their battle against the evil Nazi Empire. Well, that's a little bit of the story of Wonder Woman. Well, why do we love Wonder Woman? But not only Wonder Woman, but the other Marvel comic heroes such as Superman, Optimus Prime of the Transformers, Charles Xavier of the X-Men. Why is it that we love these superheroes? What is it about them that attracts us to them? Well, like Wonder Woman, she is an all-powerful and an all-good hero. She is powerful, she has supernatural powers, she is immortal, and she is all-good. Wonder Woman loves mankind and uses her powers not for selfish motives or self-promotion, but for the good of mankind, for the cause of justice and goodness. She has a built-in moral law code that seems to restrict her from using her powers for selfish motives and only for good. This is similar to other characters such as Superman, Charles Xavier, the leader of the X-Men, the leader of the Transformers, Optimus Prime, Wonder Woman, Superman, Charles Xavier. They represent 
a savior for mankind, a morally good and noble person with extraordinary powers whose mission it is to save mankind. And they do that voluntarily. They selflessly sacrifice to rescue mankind from their doom, often a doom that is self-inflicted upon ourselves. Superman rescues mankind from beings from his home planet of Krypton. Charles Xavier wants the mutants with supernatural powers to serve and not enslave mankind. Optimus Prime, the leader of the Transformers and his team, use their powers to protect the humans from their fellow colleagues coming from the planet Cybertron. Another hero like Captain America must save the world from Red Skull who works for the Nazis. Batman must rescue the city of Gotham from his colleagues, these supernatural ninjas known as the Legion of Doom. Now these heroes are actually, whether knowingly or not, actually reflect a historical savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, sees the plight of mankind and leaves heaven to enter into our fallen world and enter into our struggle alongside us. Jesus gives his life for mankind to rescue us from the powers of sin and death. The world is held captive by an evil force, and it is Christ who leaves the comfort and paradise of heaven to enter into our fallen world, to become like one of us, and to engage in our struggle. And he limits his divine attributes and his divine powers so that he can suffer with us and experience our pain and suffering and suffer the most horrific death to rescue us from the powers of sin and eternal death. So these heroes are actually built on the historical Jesus Christ and their story parallels the story of Christ in many ways. And I think that is one of the reasons why we love Wonder Woman and heroes like Superman, very powerful beings with supernatural powers who are good and use their powers only for good and freely enter into our struggle to rescue us from the forces of evil that are upon us. I think that's why we love Wonder Woman and Superman and these superheroes. They represent for us a savior, but actually they are reflecting the story of the real historical savior, Jesus Christ. Now the struggle that each one of these heroes have, and it's the same question and the same struggle they seem to have in every movie. And the question and the struggle is this, why should they give their lives for mankind? In Wonder Woman, she's asked that question and that's her struggle. Why should she give her life for mankind? See, Wonder Woman lives in a pristine paradise with Amazon women, secluded from the world which is at war. Now, mankind shows a basic tendency for selfishness driven by greed, selfish ambition, and power. And mankind often has self-destructive tendencies which they bring upon themselves. And no matter what Wonder Woman may do to fight against evil, mankind will always revert to his selfish desires and lead down a course of self-destruction. War and conflict will always be a part of humanity. So why is mankind worth redeeming? This is the same question that is asked of Superman. For some reason, Superman 
loves mankind. But when the superior race from Krypton comes and they want to take over the world and wipe out mankind, Superman is asked that same question. Is it worth it to rescue mankind who does not seem worthy, who's really dominated by worldly desires of selfishness and greed and end up constantly in some kind of conflict? Charles Xavier is asked that same question. The mutants with their supernatural powers, can wipe out mankind. And Magneto, the leader of the opposition, challenges Charles Xavier and says, we are the superior race. We are the superior beings. Let's take over civilization and enslave mankind. And Charles Xavier, for some reason, loves mankind and wants the mutants to use their powers to live alongside and serve mankind, not to enslave mankind. But the question is, why? Why should they give their lives sacrificially to rescue mankind? Optimus Prime, the leader of the Transformers, must also ask that same question. He's fighting beings from Cybertron, his own planet, and they're saying, we are the superior race. Why not destroy mankind? Yet Optimus Prime has a love for mankind and sees it as his duty to protect and save mankind. But the question is, why? Why rescue mankind? Batman faces the same question. The Legion of Doom sees that the city of Gotham is not worth saving. It's beyond redemption. Yet Batman stands alone against his own ninja family and battles against the Legion of Doom to rescue Gotham City. He still sees it as worth rescuing. Why is that? Why is mankind worth rescuing. Here in the story of Wonder Woman, as she has to make that decision whether to leave the pristine paradise of her island or to go and engage in the struggle with the rest of mankind. As she is preparing to leave, Wonder Woman's mother says that mankind is not worthy of you, that mankind is selfish and self-destructive and they would not appreciate her and the sacrifice that she is making. So is it worth it for her to give her life to rescue mankind? That is the central question that they are asked and they struggle with throughout the movies. Now, in the movie Wonder Woman, as in these other movies, they are exposed to the evil of mankind. But what they find is that mankind is still worth redeeming because there are some humans who do good. And when they exemplify the noble trait of love, they see that the race of mankind is worth saving because those that are good need a champion against evil and they can exhibit some good which is love. Now these movies do indeed hit on a valuable principle. Love is the greatest good. That's the very character of God. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. So indeed the greatest good that men can do is to love God and love one another. The great commandment that Jesus gave. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 13, Now there remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And love is indeed the greatest good and the greatest virtue and the greatest act of good we can do is sacrificially love one another and give our lives for one another. But the fundamental question we're asking ourselves here is, why is mankind worth redeeming? Isn't mankind the one who causes global warming? causes war and destruction upon the earth, species extinction, pollution. I mean, wouldn't it be better to have a planet without mankind? Why is mankind worth redeeming? Why are we valuable in and of ourselves? 
Well, the answer to that is this. Our value is determined by one who gives us value. For example, a diamond has value because we place value upon it. Otherwise, a diamond all by itself is simply just a rock. A Van Gogh or Picasso painting has value because of the value we place upon it. Otherwise, it's just a drawing on a piece of canvas. Something has value because a being deems it worthy of value. Mankind is valuable because we are created by our Creator who deems us of infinite value. For this reason, all human beings of all races, even those with physical or mental challenges, are worthy of redemption. That is why we feel morally obligated to help those in distress and in need like the homeless, the mentally or physically challenged. Our value comes from God who created each person in His image and God deems us incredibly valuable. So because we are the creation of a Creator, that gives us our value in and of ourselves. On the other hand, if God does not exist, if atheism is indeed true, then we are the product of chance and natural forces acting randomly. And if atheism is true, then ultimately we do not have value in and of ourselves. You see, if God does not exist, then there was no purpose for our existence, nor the existence of the universe. The universe is a chance explosion, simply just a cosmic accident. The universe came into existence for no reason. And we know that as the universe continues to expand, it's going to use up its energy and reach a state of final entropy. And without God's intervention, okay, the universe eventually reaches a state of final entropy and the universe will meet its own death. So everything in the universe ends in death. All we face then is our inevitable annihilation and extinction. So mankind will not only become extinct, but so will the universe. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is our meaning and purpose and our sense of significance and our value here in the universe? If we're simply an accident, there was no intention for us to be here, no ultimate design, no purpose. We all live for just a brief moment here in this vast universe, only to meet the end of our extinction and annihilation. If that's the case, then in and of ourselves, we lack really value. We live in a universe void of value, of meaning, of purpose, and of any kind of significance. And the only sure thing we face is our inevitable doom and annihilation. Now, this is not a conclusion that Christians have come to. The atheists themselves clearly state this. Richard Dawkins, the leader of the New Atheist Movement, in his book, River Out of Eden, he says, There is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good. Nothing but pointless indifference. We are machines for propagating DNA. It is every living object's sole reason for being. Dr. Will Provine of Cornell University states that if Darwinism is true, then it ultimately means there's no God. Then there's no life after death, no absolute foundation for right and wrong, no ultimate meaning for life, no free will. 19th century atheist philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche clearly displayed this in his story of a madman who early in the morning burst into a marketplace with a lantern in his hand crying, I seek God, I seek God. Since many of those standing about did not believe in God, he provoked much laughter. Did God get lost, they taunted him, or is he hiding? 
Or maybe he has gone on a voyage or emigrated. Thus they yelled and laughed. Then writes Nietzsche, the madman turned in their midst and pierced them with his eyes. Whither is God, he cried. I shall tell you, we have killed him, you and I. All of us are his murderers. But now we have done this. How were we able to drink up the sea? Who gave us the sponge to wipe away the entire horizon? What did we do when we unchained this earth from its sun? Whither is it moving now? Away from all suns? Are we not plunging continually? Backward, sideward, forward in all directions? Is there any up or down left? Are we not straying as through an infinite nothing? Do we not feel the breath of empty space? Has it not become colder? Is not the night and more night coming on all the while? Must not lanterns be lit in the morning? Do we not hear anything yet of the noise of the grave diggers who are burying God? God is dead and we have killed him. How shall we, the murderers of all murderers, comfort ourselves? And the crowd stared at the madman in silent and astonishment. And at last, he dashed his lantern to the ground and said, I have come too early, he said. This tremendous event is still on its way. It has not yet reached the years of man. For the people did not understand or yet comprehend the consequences that Nietzsche was talking about in the death of God. He predicted that someday modern man would realize the implications of atheism, and this realization would usher in an age of nihilism, the destruction of all meaning and value in life. See, that is the implications if God does not exist. Then simply, we are just a product of chance. There's no purpose for our existence here and everything ends in annihilation and death. So what difference did it make that we were ever here? And what difference does it make how we live? Whether as Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa, we all end up in the same place. This was stated hundreds of years ago by the writer of Ecclesiastes after he had turned away from God, looking at a life without God. He said this, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man, that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so does the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to the same place. All are from the dust, and to dust all shall return. So hundreds of years ago, Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, after living a life of wealth and splendor and indulging in all his lusts and fantasies, after turning away from God, came to the conclusion that if God does not exist, all is vanity. So if God does not exist, if man is the product of time and chance, if his ultimate end is extinction, why rescue mankind? If mankind is responsible for wars, global warming, extinction, species extinction, pollution of the planet. Why not allow the destruction of mankind for a more advanced species? Perhaps the plant and animal kingdom would be better if mankind did not exist. You see, what makes us valuable in and of ourselves is that we are the creation of a creator who made us for a purpose and he deems us of immeasurable value. Well, another key question we are confronted with then is this. Can humanity change? Although Wonder Woman defeats the threat of the Nazi empire against mankind, another threat will arise. Will she continue to battle repeated crimes humans commit upon one another? Superman saves the world from the beings of 
Krypton. But then again, he must continually battle against evil that's perpetuated by man. Can humanity actually change and create a good and just society? Well, history has shown us as long as there is humanity on the earth, there will be evil. As great as these heroes are, they all fall short of bringing lasting peace to the earth, to a society. They attack issues from the outside, but what is needed is not only that, but an inward transformation of people. What is needed is a change of heart and mind. That's the kind of transformation that is needed. Well, how does this transformation occur? I mean, how do we create good and just societies? Is it through education? Well, smarter doesn't mean good. In fact, Aristotle talked about an educational system that does not give moral guidance. You create what he called the acute rascal. See, Aristotle said he's not afraid of the common criminal who goes out there and commits his crimes. What he is most afraid of is what he called the acute rascal. And that is a being of high education and high intelligence with no moral compass, with no moral law code that guides him on how to use that kind of knowledge. And he's going to end up committing crimes and acts of evil that will have great and lasting and very destructive consequences. So education is important, but just because one is smarter doesn't mean one is going to become better. Some of the greatest crimes, even acts of terrorism, we see are committed by some of the most educated people that are out there. Well, what about a classless society? Well, communism has failed. Just because we try to give everyone equal income doesn't rid man of their basic tendency for selfishness and self-serving desires. Well, what about wealth? What about if we can get everyone to a level of income where they can provide for themselves and more? Well, wealth doesn't produce heart transformation. Some of the greatest crimes are committed by some of the wealthiest people. Osama bin Laden was an extremely wealthy individual. And nations that have some of the most extremely wealthy people produce some of the greatest acts of evil. So wealth is not the answer. See, we first have to understand anthropology or understanding human nature. Are we born basically good, as many in the culture teach? And is it society or education that makes us bad? Or are we born blank slates? Well, the Bible teaches that we are created in the image of God and what God has created is good. The image of God is there in us, but we have been corrupted by sin. So we are fallen beings and so we are born sinners. And so although the image of God still remains in us, it is severely damaged. And we are born sinners with a natural tendency to disobey and not want to obey God's moral law and do what is self-serving. We're naturally born sinners. That's why we can do acts of good, but also commit acts of great evil. So that's where transformation begins, is understanding our true nature, that we are indeed born sinners with that kind of bent. Well, then how do you transform someone like that? Well, that is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only does Christ save us from sin and death, but he gives us his spirit to dwell in us forever, which rejuvenates or, as Jesus said, makes us born again, brings us to life, to spiritual life, to God, so that we are enabled to respond to God and to obey his commands. Without God's spirit, we tend to follow our sinful nature, which we are born with. 
So true transformation of heart and mind comes when we are, as Jesus said, born again, rejuvenated by the Spirit of God and the Word of God that transforms our minds and the Spirit transforms our hearts. That is where true transformation will come from. And our final question is this. Why do we love Wonder Woman, a fictional character, but not the true historical Savior of the world, the Messiah, Jesus Christ? Well, part of the answer might be is that the Marvel heroes do not hold us accountable, but Jesus does. Jesus calls out our sin and calls us to repentance, to turn from sin. But the Marvel heroes do not. They simply clean up the mess we seem to keep getting ourselves in. And Jesus explains the consequences of our sin, eternal death and separation from God. But there are no eternal consequences with the Marvel heroes. So Jesus calls us to obedience to his law and his commands, whereas the Marvel heroes don't seem to hold us to that kind of accountable standard. So when you are watching Wonder Woman or other fictional heroes, they're noble characters, but despite all their powers, they cannot rescue mankind from the real problem nor establish everlasting peace. Despite all their powers, they fall short of the true hero and savior, Jesus Christ. So although we love Wonder Woman, let's love a real savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Yeah.